Welcome everyone to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS and it can be live streamed from its website. The chat is also available on Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. Today I'm chatting with Laurel Wilson. Laurel has been a hairstylist for 29 years and she owns Laurel's Hair Studio. She also has been very active in the Emmaus and Chrysalis communities and the REC program. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is Today, near. Today I'm chatting with Laurel Wilson. Laurel has been a hairstylist for 29 years and she owns Laurel's Hair Studio here in Columbus, Indiana. She also is active in the Emmaus and Chrysalis communities and the REC program. Welcome to the chat, Laurel. Thank you, Nida, for having me. It's a pleasure. Will you tell us about your family? Sure. I have two children, well, adults, actually. My son is 30 years old. His name is Preston. His wife, Rebecca, and him have been together for five years. Preston is an attorney in the Indianapolis area, and Rebecca is a social worker. And then I have um, a daughter, Cheyenne, and she uh, lives also in the Indianapolis area, and she works at IUPUI as an event planner. And then I have a wonderful husband. We've been married for 20 years. His name is Chris. He's the man that God gave to me, for sure. Will you tell us about your work? So I do own a salon downtown here in Columbus. We've been here for about eight and a half years. I worked for other people, franchises, whatever, you know, uh, corporations for a long time and finally was led to open my own, which was very scary. I did that and of course God led the way and it's been a blessing to have my own business as well. Just be able to talk to several different people, get to know people. I have clients I've done for 25 some years that you know their kids were little and now they're grown and having kids of their own so it's just a really special place to be will you give us your testimony will you tell us when you came to know jesus it was in 1999 i have kind of a crazy story i was always kind of the rebellious wild child um (laughs) could have been a lot worse could have been a lot better started smoking at 12 years old like to skip school, did everything my parents told me not to, you know, uh, that kind of thing. And I got pregnant when I was in high school. Um, I was 16, uh, 17 when I had my son, and then got married at 18, had my daughter at 19, and got divorced at 21. I had not really grown up in the church, but on occasion would go with my grandma or when my parents decided that you know, we needed to go or whatever. And so I was taught that as long as you believe that there was a God and that he sent Jesus to die for us, that's all you needed, which no, that's not all I needed. When I got divorced, I was in a very dark place. And what do you do when you're 21 Mm. and you don't know the Lord personally? You start going to bars. And so I started going 
and it became kind of an addiction, um, not necessarily the alcohol, but just that going out and getting drunk and, you know, mm-hmm. all those things, you know, that was my way to drown my sorrows, so to speak, trying to fill a void that I'd had all my life that I didn't understand. And, you know, like I said, I was probably at bars four nights a week, drunk 90% of the time that I was there. My kids were safe because they were with my parents, of course. And I thank God they were little enough that they don't really remember. And there's a lot of people in my life I don't think realized how low I had actually gotten. But I remember sitting on my kitchen floor one night, drunk, and just sobbing and felt like there was no hope, felt like I was in a hole that I could not get out of. My oldest sister, Jane, had become a Christian a few years before me. Oddly enough, she started coming to church to be there with me and my husband, my first husband, and our kids. She's accepted Christ and stayed. I kind of got out of the church and, again, was you know in the bars. We went out to dinner one Saturday, and she had been praying the whole time, Lord, help me invite Laurel to come back to church somehow, you know, without offending her, you know, whatever. And on our way up to Greenwood, I'm the one that brought it up. I said, you know, Jane, I've been thinking about coming back to church, but I don't know. You know, I'm scared. I haven't been in a while. Well, that was a God thing for sure. And we talked about that the whole night. I went home, dusted off my old DC Talk audio journal and CDs that I had, (laughs) and I was determined that I was going to go to church in the morning. Well, I had a friend of mine who was staying at my house. He came from his bedroom, and he said, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to church. He's like, you're going to what? (laughs) I said, I'm going to church. Well, he ends up coming with me. Seriously, I turned my car around three times on the way to the church building. Scared. I don't know what of. But I walked in and used to, we would sit in the last row. Well, Jane now sat in the front. So I had to go all the way up to the front. (laughs) I was wearing all black with my combat boots. And um, Pastor Chet Martin, who um, was pastor there at the time, he saw me and made a beeline for me. Glad to see me everything else. And then during the service, every hymn that was chosen and sung were ones that I always really liked. It was almost like they were for me. And the sermon, I don't know the exact part of the sermon, you know, everything, but I just remember Chet saying, when you miss church, when you miss being here, sometimes you miss a blessing that God has for you. And for some reason, that just got to me. And at the end of the service, during the altar call, I knew I was supposed to go up to the altar. It was scary. People were going to see me. What was my friend going to think of me? But I went, took that first step. I just started sobbing. Pastor Ed Bennett, who was an associate there, he prayed with me, and um, I accepted Christ. I don't know how to explain it, but everything was completely different um, at that moment. And when I stood up, and looked around, probably 90% of the church was gathered around me praying for me. Mm. Even the piano player actually stopped playing the piano to come down and and pray with me. And it was at that moment when it's almost like God pulled me out of that hole. And I had a lot of things to work on, of course, but God didn't say, hey, fix yourself and then come to me. He said, come to me exactly how you are, and we will work on these things together. So, of course, instead of going to bars four nights a week, I was going to church four times a week. 
of course, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday evening. And then I was invited to a Bible study for moms um, on Tuesday. So I was going to that as well. And of course, my dad in that, because he didn't quite understand at that time, you know, he said, you're going to church too much. And, you know, I joked with him and I said, well, I could, you know, go back to going to bars instead if you want. And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, God worked on on me from that moment on and just changed me and showed me what true love was, showed me what that void I've been trying to fill. He filled that void. And you had the support of your church behind you. Yes. And and my oldest sister, you know, as well. A mm-hmm. lot of the people there knew me because I'd gone there. You know, I was married to my first husband. We went through the motions, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. But a lot of them were praying for me. Jane knew more about what I was going through than anybody else. She wouldn't want me to tell anyone how much older she is than me. But <laughs> all my siblings were teenagers when I was born. She's the oldest. I'm the youngest. And she's always been kind of my second mom, mm-hmm. my mentor, so to speak. I didn't tell her anything. I didn't want to curl her hair or, or everything because I didn't want to curl her hair. <laughs> um, but enough that she knew that I was hurting and that I needed the Lord. For them to see you like you were yeah, and to still love you and want you to come to know Christ, that had to have meant a lot. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't feel even in all black, and I had several piercings. I don't think I mentioned that, but I didn't feel like I didn't belong. Mm-hmm. There's so many times in my life when I did feel like that oddball, you know, that person that didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. But the people there at that church, you know, they accepted me for who I was, just like God did. So that helped as well in my journey. Well, when you come to know Christ, a lot of times, well, actually, all the time, mm-hmm. God gives us a passion for something to work for him in some area Mm -hmm. in the church or in a Christian organization. Has he given you a passion? Yes. I'm not sure 100% how I'm supposed to do it or, you know, he's still leading me towards, trust me, my passion is to reach out to others, especially women that have been or are in the same place that I was in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, the bars or the alcohol, things like that, but any kind of addiction or any place where they feel like um, they're not truly loved or there's a void. I just want to be able to love them Mm -hmm. um, the way that, you know, the people at that church and especially God, of course, loved me so that they know that there is hope. They don't have to live the way they're living. That is my goal. That's one of the reasons why I've done the REC or the REC program is hoping that maybe my story, my testimony, or just the way I love on somebody Mm -hmm. will help bring them to Christ as well. Oh, and I'm sure you will and you have in the past from your experiences that you've had. Absolutely. Wow. What a testimony you must be for them, a role model for them. I try to be. I'm not perfect. You know, uh, my family will tell you that for sure. I'm not perfect. But, you know, God will use me. And that's what's amazing. He can use my past experiences to help others. None of us are perfect, so yeah, you're yeah. in good company. Right, <laughs> when, you know when you when you say that. Well, where's an area or two in your life where God is working on you to make you more like Jesus? I sometimes speak before I think. I do have attention deficit syndrome or disorder, whatever you want to call that, and I'm a free spirit. And sometimes I say things 
before I should. And so a lot of times I hear God saying, be still, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't need to tell everybody your whole life story. You don't need to maybe say something you shouldn't, you Mm -hmm. know, so that's just something he's, he's working on me. I tend to try too hard to get to know somebody sometimes, and then I might go too far. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely something that he's been working on me for, for sure. He's trying to help you get a filter. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it takes a while. To... Sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes I've already said it and then I'm like, oh, you know, and I have to go back and apologize to the person, you know, hey, I'm sorry. I went too far. And I always joke that my native language is sarcasm. And so sometimes I can just go too far with that. I know when I first met my son's wife trying to be funny or get to know her, I made a joke she didn't quite understand, and she thought I was insulting her, which is not at all what I was doing. I've just known that sometimes God needs to put a muzzle on me, maybe. I don't know, but that's definitely an area that I need fine-tuned in. The chat has a theme song called Stepping Out, mm-hmm. and in it, it talks about our walk of faith and how God wants to mm-hmm. pull us out of the boat, you know, so sure. that we can do something of great value for him. Mm -hmm. Has he done that for you? Oh my goodness. So many times it's, it's going to be kind of hard to pinpoint um, a specific, like I said, I became a Christian in 1999 and I was gung ho for God. You know, he just completely turned my life around. I quit drinking. I quit smoking. I quit cussing, you know, so many things started wearing color. I mentioned I'd wear all black, started wearing color, you know, so many things that he did for me. And there was an opportunity in the year 2000 to go on a missions trip to Venezuela. On a Sunday night service, there was people that had already been before from a church in Indianapolis, and some of them were going to go and was asking some of us at this church to go as well. And I immediately knew I was supposed to go. Being a single mom, I didn't have a lot of funds. So, you know, my mom was there and I said, hey, mom, you know, is there any way you can help me to pay for the plane ticket and things. And then, you know, when I get my tax check, I'll pay you back. I did not realize that my oldest sister was going to be going with us as well, which was a blessing also. Part of getting out of the boat was going, of course, you know, on this mission ship to Venezuela. I was the youngest one. Like I said, I was a single mom. I was hopefully somewhat searching for a Christian man, you know, to be a part of my life for me and my kids. And when we agreed to go on the trip, we had to sign kind of a paper of things, you know, saying that we wouldn't do, you know, these things or that things and that we would be there for the right reasons. And one of the disclaimers that I forgot about was that we were not allowed to have any kind of relationship other than friends, you know, with any of the local people from Venezuela. Well, I kind of forgot about that. And there was this guy um, there, his name was Alberto. He was tall, dark, handsome, didn't speak English. I mean, he was perfect, right? And he had to be a Christian because he was here at the church and he was helping with the construction. And, you know, I just kind of fell for him, hook, line, and sinker, so to speak. Well, others noticed, not just my sister, but the pastor there at that church, the uh, main missionary whose name was Paul, and, you know, they had to tell me, Laurel, you are not supposed to do this. You know, don't let yourself get caught up with this guy. But I'm like, oh, they're, they're wrong. God has this person for me. It has to be him. 
So I kind of didn't listen to the obvious, got myself in too far. After we went home several months later, I received a letter from him and I was so happy. Um, I had to ask people to help me translate it. You know, I didn't know enough Spanish, but my sister who didn't even know that I'd gotten this letter or that I wasn't listening to what I was supposed to do. One day I was at her house and she just said to me, Laurel, God is telling me that there is something that you need to make a decision on and you're going to make the wrong decision. He wants you to listen to him and to let it go. And that was really hard for me. You know, the fact that Jane, not even knowing what it was, just said, God's telling me to tell you, let it go. I knew that, yes, this was not God's plan. This is not the man that God had for me. And so I let it go. I did not write him back. I actually did get to go back to Venezuela a year later. He was like, hey, you know, but I wrote him a letter. I knew his cousin could speak English as well and said, have, you know, her translate it for you that said, I have to follow what is right and what God is asking me to do. And you and I are not what God has for me. And so that was for me. I just had to believe that God had a better plan, a bigger plan. Found out the third year that I got to go back that he was only looking for somebody to get him a ticket to the U.S. That it it wasn't the same for him. And he really wasn't truly a Christian, but I just assumed that he was. So, you know, sometimes God asks you to do things that aren't what you want. You know, in your heart, you're thinking, oh, no, this is this is my path. But God said, no, I have a better path for you. In, of course, 2000 and 2002, I met my now husband, and he was the, the, right, the right path, the man that God had for me, truly. So you got out of the boat of faith and trusted Absolutely. That that you were doing the right thing by cutting that off. Laurel, (laughs) I'm enjoying our chat together. We've got to take a break, though. Perfect. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out out of the boat. For the Savior is near. I'm stepping out out of the boat. For the Savior is near. We're back with the chat with Laurel Wilson, and we're ready to talk about your prayer life now, Laurel. Do you have a place in particular that you go to to pray each day? I don't. I wish I could say that I did. Um, A lot of times I've told myself, ooh, I need to make me a spot, you know, in my closet. But being the free spirit non-planner that I am, for me, it's just easier. I kind of pray where I am. When I wake up in the morning, I've hit snooze a few times because I'm not a morning person, but I pray as I'm getting up. I pray while I'm getting ready, and then I pray on my way to work as well, or um, maybe listen to some Christian music that I can just praise Him and and sing along with as well. And then I kind of pray throughout my day as well. Sometimes I'm led to pray for the person that's in my chair. They don't always know that I'm praying for them, of course, but... And sometimes I'm praying that the hair color I've applied will turn out right. But, you know, it's the little things that that God helps us with as well as the big. But it's just kind of something I do throughout the day, you know, pray as I'm led, pray by what things happen, how things happen. Mm Then I kind of know how to pray. Is there a specific prayer that you pray each day for yourself? Yes, just that God would be with me, that he would protect 
me and I always ask for protection for my, my family as well and just for the people around me and that um, I can be somehow used for his glory mm. that day. Let's look at blessings. God has blessed you in many ways, I'm sure. What's one of your greatest blessings? Just honestly, just the fact that he rescued me from my, my mm. past life is probably the biggest blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, just to know that he loved me for me, because like I said, I, I've never quite fit in anywhere. And finally, you know, I have a God who created me, created me to be who I am, created me not to fit in, and that's okay. So I think that's probably the biggest blessing. But then because of that, he's blessed me with my husband, my kids, you know, my siblings. My mm-hmm. I could list, it's a mm-hmm. thousand miles long mm-hmm. of all the blessings he has given me. In your devotional life, what do you do during that time? Again, not a planner, but I use different tools. I've used the, the Sarah Young Jesus Calling a lot of times read through that. And then I also do the Our Daily Bread, the little pamphlets that I think most churches mm-hmm. have, you know, that you can get. I will go through that and pray that God will help me to use what I've read in that and the scripture that is attached to that devotion as well. I'll read that and just ask that God will help me kind of think on it through the day, just kind of so I can have that as my meat and potatoes, you know, for the day. And then I do have a Bible that has coloring pages on it, which sounds kind of crazy, but I like to read um, maybe a couple chapters or maybe even a couple verses, depending on the day and the time. And then I can like use my coloring pencils and color some of those spaces and just kind of reflect on mm. what I've read while I'm doing that as well. Huh. I've never heard of anyone doing that. Oh. that that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. but, but if it encourages you and helps you, that's what. Absolutely. Just just to give me that time to kind of think, yeah. you know, on it. You know, with the ADD, sometimes I have to reread a couple passages just to make sure, okay, what is this saying? Did I understand that right? And then just being able to kind of color a little bit after kind of helps me digest it as well. What's a Bible verse that means a lot to you? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm you. And that's probably not perfect. That's Laurel Wilson paraphrase, but Jeremiah 29, 11, just to know that he has a plan, that he's in control. That's such a meaningful verse. Absolutely. Can you tell me one of your favorite biblical accounts? Mary and Martha, and I'm definitely a Mary. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We don't know all of Mary's story, of course, but we know that she was in a bad place and that Jesus loved her for her. And just her humility of being able to be at his feet. The Bible talks about how she used the expensive perfume to um, anoint his feet and to wash his feet. And, you know, just that humility that she had, that love that she had for him because of the love he had for her. That's probably one of my favorite parts of the mm. Bible, the New Testament. Would you say she's probably among your highest of women that are your favorites? It's between her and Esther, actually, Mm -hmm. um, from the Old Testament. You know, Esther was given a very hard mission. You know, not only did she have to marry somebody that she didn't know or love or necessarily want to be married to, but, you know, there were things that she could have been killed for for, you know, talking openly to the king and telling him, you know, these things. But God was able to help her faith 
in God to save her people, to save her family. Just the the guts that she had to have mm-hmm. to follow God's leading, even though that could put her in danger. Such a powerful woman. When I Absolutely. think of biblical, solid powerful women i think of esther first of all yes absolutely and i want to be more like that you know i want to be brave and and do god's calling even if it's difficult as we think about that we think about i don't know if you're like me but quite often it'll go through my mind is what i'm doing now is Mm -hmm. it is there anyone in the bible that I could relate to in doing what I'm doing. And so Esther, for me, would be one of those as well. Absolutely. Of all the fruits of the Spirit, and there are nine, is there one that you consider yourself strongest in? Kindness. I try my best to be kind to everybody, no matter their background, no matter what they look like, no matter just who they are just being kind. And sometimes it's it's somebody you're passing Walmart who maybe Mm. looks discouraged and just a smile, you know, just, I try to be that person, you Mm -hmm. know, again, I'm not perfect, but that's just one of the things a lot of people have told me that they feel comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I try to be kind to everyone. I can see that in you. (laughs) (laughs) I can see you're a very kind person. You're thinking of the other person's feelings as you're doing certain things and take that seriously. Absolutely. It's very evident, Laurel. Is there one that you consider to be the lowest in? Self-control, probably. And again, that need to say things before I speak. Sometimes... I have an addiction to buying clothes or purses or shoes and feel like I have to have something in every color, mm-hmm. you know. So that's kind of where that comes in, where, you know, I really don't need this. It's just stuff. I don't need it. So I have to convince myself, Laurel, you mm-hmm. have to have some self-control. Mm-hmm. You don't need that pair of shoes in nine different colors, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And other areas of my life as well, where I just need mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, have God help me control my urges things in that nature. I'm going to drop something on you that some people don't know. And that okay. is talking about addictions is that the word today that we use a lot is addiction. Mm-hmm. The biblical word for it is stronghold. Bible talks about strongholds. Mm-hmm. And today we talk about addictions. So the, yes. the same thing. So yes. Just wanted to... That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. (laughs) Toss that out there. Well, I'm still enjoying our chat today, Laurel. We've got to take another break. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm stepping out out of the boat For the Savior is near I'm stepping out out of the boat We're back with the chat, and I'm speaking today with Laurel Wilson. Laurel is a hair designer, so I'm enjoying our conversation. Now let's get into mentoring. Have you had a mentor? Absolutely, and I know I've already mentioned her several times. My older sister, Jane, she is a pastor now. I know you've done a chat with her for as well. She's somebody that I look up to and somebody that I can go to with anything and say, hey, Jane, I'm struggling with this. You know, can you pray for me? Can you help me? Also, my current pastor, Brian Booterball, he has also been a good mentor to me as well. And I can be real with him, 
you know, just like I can Jane, you know, I can say, Hey, Brian, I need some prayer. You know, I'm, I'm struggling today and I know that he will sincerely pray for me. Jane, sometimes um, it's harder for her to tell me exactly how it is because she doesn't want to hurt my feelings where Brian, you know, can say, Hey, you know what, Laurel, you have a bad attitude or, you know, you're, you're not thinking clearly or you need to stop right now. You know, he, he's kind of, when Jane won't tell me how it is, Brian will, if that makes sense. So they're kind of both my, my mentors, even still, mm. you know, just my go-to, my go-to people. Mm-hmm. And how important that is. And to think you have one in your own family. Yes. What a blessing for sure. And she knows everything about me that, you know, mm-hmm. not everyone else knows. So even better. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, have you mentored anyone? I like to think I have. <laughs> um, yeah. Being in the hair business, even when I worked for um, a corporation, I had worked my way up to manager and then to district manager. I would get young stylists right out of school that maybe didn't really know how to do a haircut, even though they've got their license. And I know that's a different type of mentoring than just teaching them about God. But I hope that in my um, time of teaching them kind of the tricks of the trade that, you know, somehow my manner and my love for them spoke to them volumes as well. Also, I know in in some cases when I've done chrysalis, some of the younger teens have come to me to ask me questions and have me pray with them. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, and that may just be, you know, in that moment, but if I could even just one time you know, give them the right word or something encouraging. My, oh my, how God (laughs) is using you in the lives of people because you came through what you had lived through Mm -hmm. and now he's able to use you to speak volumes to young people Mm -hmm. and just anybody. Mm -hmm. So what a blessing you are, Laurel. Thank you. Everyone has had struggles. What about you have you had struggles in your life and since you have will you tell us about one i've always kind of struggled like i said to fit in but being the youngest child with a huge age difference i was the only one in the house from age eight on and so i was kind of like an only child my mom had been diagnosed with ms when i was six and you know again being the youngest i got a lot of attention got a lot of things, you know, however you want to say that. But in that moment when my mom went through that diagnosis and it caused her to go through a depression and, you know, a time of trying to figure out what her next steps were, that attention that I got from her changed. Instead of an emotional attention, it was more, here, we'll just buy you things to keep you appeased and make you happy. And so I really think that was the basis for my rebellion You know, I was trying to do everything I could in my life to get attention, you know, whether it was positive or negative. So that was definitely a struggle that I dealt with most of my life. And there was a time when my mom, she said to me, Laurel, I'm sorry that I was not there for you the way I should have been. You know, my siblings or maybe others might say, oh, you you had so much more than we had. You know, mom and dad were better off when you were younger. You got those things, those things that I got. That's not what I wanted. I wanted that love and, and attention. But thank God that uh, now he has shown me that, 
I don't have to long for that anymore. In the past, during your struggles, mm-hmm. has there been any scripture that God has now, as you look back over mm-hmm. your life, that has meant a lot to you? There's so many um, scriptures that just speak to me. But, and of course, I mentioned the one, Jeremiah 29, 11. But even, and this might be cliche, but, you know, even John three sixteen, mm-hmm. you know, that God so loved mm-hmm. the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him will not perish. God loved me through all of that. If I'd have just seen it and I can go back and, and look at parts of my life when I didn't know him, but he was there. He was always there. And so that's just reassurance. And Psalm 138, of course, where it says that for you have knit me together in my mother's womb. He created me exactly who I am and he always has seen me. And so just, I cling to that one too, just to know that God loves me. He probably broke the mold after he made me, so to speak, but he loves me for me, and he was always there. And for my mom as well, in her MS, with that struggle. Those verses just flowed right out of you. Those are in your heart. You don't need to read those. You've got them. Yeah. Is there a song that God has brought to you? Absolutely. Um, Alabaster Box by C.C. Winans, and I mentioned that that I loved Mary. You know, the first verse is is about her humbling herself and washing Jesus' feet and doing it in front of people that were judging her, didn't think she was good enough to be praising Jesus, but she did it anyway. And um, the second verse kind of talks about how their struggle was and how other people don't understand the cost of the praise you know, that she has for Jesus. And that's kind of how I feel. You know, nobody was where I was, was changed by God the way that I was. And so I owe him my all. I owe him all my praise. If I had that perfume that I could break open and anoint his feet. So I would definitely want to wash his feet. Let's listen to Alabaster Box. The room grew still. As she made her way to Jesus, she stumbled through the tears that made her blind. She felt such pain, some spoke in anger, her voice a whisper, there's no place here for her. Till at last she knelt before his feet And though she spoke no words Everything she said was heard As she poured her love for the master From her box of My praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box. So don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair. 
song that is excellent how god tells that story so beautifully through cc winans i'd like to give you a couple of minutes to say whatever is on your heart today how has god given you what he wants you to say and speak to the rest of us i would just say if you're struggling if you um, are feeling unloved you're feeling alone know that that god sees you um for exactly who you are 
because he did create you as well. And he knows those struggles and those struggles are given to you to make you stronger. I can say, oh, if I went back in time, I would change these things, but I would not because God has made me stronger, has taught me so many things about myself and about him. And so if you are out there and you're not too sure what your next steps are, just know that you can, you can be still, know that he is God, completely trust him. You know, the Bible says if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains and God will move those mountains for you. Good words, powerful words, Laurel, important for each of us to hear. Will you pray with us? Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this time here today to have a chat with Nida. And I pray, Lord, that this chat will reach those that really need to hear it, Lord, to hear that you are powerful and that you are love. You are not that judge in the sky, you know, just waiting to strike someone with lightning. No, you are the God of love and the God of mercy, and the God of grace. And we just thank you today for that, Lord. And it's in your most holy, precious name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, Laurel, for coming today. This has been good. I've enjoyed listening to your life story. And just to hear how open you are and willing to say all that you've had to say, even though I'm sure it was not easy to do that. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning into the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. I'm stepping out, out of the boat, for the Savior is near.